Welcome to Wednesday Night at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. We're going through the book of 1 John. We're in chapter 2, and John is driving home a, a point. And the point is being repeated throughout started in chapter 1, first part of chapter 2, going to give it to us again. Because you and I need things repeated for us because we tend to forget and we tend not to learn. And so that's what Scripture does. That's what helps us. So we're going to begin. We're going to look at verses 7 through 14 tonight. And it begins with living a life of love. Now, in case you haven't noticed, in case you've been somewhere else, all of Scripture is about love, God loving people, making people, loving us so much that He died for us, continuing to love us, and wanting us to love Him and to love others. It's the heart of God. God is love. It's what He wants. And so John writes in chapter 7, chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, Dear friends, I am not writing a new commandment to you. Now notice, what is love? It's a commandment, isn't it? It's not an option. It's not a suggestion. It's not something you think, well, I might do it. It's a command. Rather, it's an old one, and you've had it from the very beginning. This old commandment to love one another is the same message you heard before. And I'm repeating it. I'm going to give it to you again. Yet it is also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment, and you also are living it, for the darkness is disappearing, and the true light is already shining. The commandment's old because it was given early in Israel's history. They were told to do this. It's new because Jesus Christ lived it out for us. You know, it's kind of like macaroni and cheese out of a box is old. It's still good. But macaroni and cheese with lobster, at red lobster, is really good. And it's new, isn't it? Different, same, but different. And so John says, look, I'm not telling you something new. I'm not telling you something you don't know. You've had this for a long time. And Jesus Christ came and reestablished the priority of it. So you are supposed to live it out. John writes in the Gospel of John, John chapter 13, verse 33, says, Dear children, I'll only be with you a little while longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you'll search for me, Jesus is speaking, by the way, but you can't come to where I'm going. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Here it is again. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. If you love God, you keep His commandment. And what is the heart of His commandment? Love people. Now you see, we tend to say, okay, yes, I love God. I love God with all my heart. I love God. I love God. I love God. And yet we tend to put that at this level, but then we have another level that says, okay, and I'll love people. Not understanding that those two are connected and cannot be separated. That if you love God, you show it by loving people. If you don't love people, you don't love God. 
And so the commandment is this, love others. That, that's what they're told. That's what they need to do. That's what the Christian walk is all about. Paul writes in Romans chapter 13, Owe nothing to anyone except the obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, Good Samaritan, that's the neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. You'll do everything God's law says. For the commandments say you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. These and other such commandments are summed up in this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to others, so love fulfills the requirements of God's law. So, pastor, and I've had this ask me, I can't tell you how many times over the years, in order for me to serve God and be a Christian, what do I need to do? It's very simple. Love people. Well, but what do I need to do? Love people. Well, well, isn't there more to it than that? No, because if you love people, you will do everything else right. At the heart of our sins, our disobedience, our adultery, our murder, our stealing, our coveting, is because we don't love people like we should. And so, it's one commandment, covers the whole thing, because if you love people, you will do what God wants you to do. You will be the person that God wants you to be. Love is at the heart of serving God and loving others. Well, how far does this love have to go? Matthew 5, 43. You have heard that the law says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now, that makes perfect sense to us, doesn't it? The problem is the neighbor list is real short and the enemy list is real long, right? Anybody that doesn't agree with me, enemy. Anybody that I look at and I think something's wrong, enemy, enemy, enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Okay, he just got rid of that list, so now there's only one list, isn't there? Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven, for He gives His sunlight to both the evil and the good, and sends the rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even the corrupt tax collectors do that much. Tax collectors are the most despised people you could think of. Even they love the people that love them. Even they, your neighbor, doesn't serve God. They love the people that love them. Your person you work with, they might not like you, but they love the people that like them. And so the world is filled with people. I'll love the people that I like and that love me back. For those that don't, I won't. If you're kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even the pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, whole, complete, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. So, our Father in heaven loves everyone, correct? So, you and I are to love everyone. I am to love even the people that have hurt me, wronged me, 
done things I don't agree with, I still love them. And love always does what is right to others. Love, well, I'll love them. I just don't want anything to do with them. Then you don't love them. Well, I love them, but uh, I'm not going to talk to them. You don't love them. I'll love them, but they have to do this. You don't love them. God loves you as you are. And nothing you do will ever cause him to stop loving you and having your best interest at heart. Nothing. And you and I are to love others that same way, aren't we? That's what he says. That's the commandment. And so John writes here, he says, look, you are to live a life that is described by love as the guiding principle for how you live. Love God, then you have to love others. It's a command. And we aren't always good at it. We're not perfect at it, are we? But we're still supposed to do it. Secondly, he talks about living in the light. Living in the light. I'm to love others, operate that way, and I'm to live in the light. Notice what he says, verses 9, 10, and 11, 1 John chapter 2. If anyone claims I'm living in the light, in other words, I'm a Christian. If anyone claims I'm a Christian, but hates a fellow believer, that person is still living in the darkness. In other words, they're still a sinner. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. Now, that's a strange thing to put into there, isn't it? So, in other words, how I love others is a testimony to them, and I won't cause others to stumble because of my sins. But anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. So that if I don't love, I'm allowing Satan to have a heyday in my life, correct? I will cause other people to not love as well, right? They'll follow my example. Well, if that's the way you're going to treat me, then I'll treat you the same way. And so others begin to do that. And too many times, when you're walking in darkness, you're not aware of it. You think you're in the light, but you're being fooled by the enemy because love isn't guiding your life. And so John just simply says, politely, if you don't love other people, you're not living in the light. If you don't love other people, you're a sinner and you're not following God. That's the blunt way to say it, right? And so, you and I, we get blinded by the darkness. We think, well, I have a right to. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they said. You don't know how they acted. You don't know what transpired. You, you just don't understand. We all have our reasons, don't we? Well, they hurt me. They did this to me. They, they said this to me. They acted like this to me. And we allow other people to dictate how we're going to live rather than allowing God to dictate to us how we're going to live. And if we're people who follow God, love God, live in the light, then I have to live a life that demonstrates it. Now, please understand something. There's a phrase that is used that is not the truth. 
love is not blind. The phrase is, love is blind, right? Love is not blind. God very clearly sees our faults, doesn't he? He very clearly sees our disobedience, our rebellion. He sees it as clear as can be, and yet he still loves us. So love isn't overlooking things, but it's loving in spite of things. And so, I have to love people. And, well, I lo- I, I'll like them, but I just, I'll love them, I just don't like them. That's not possible. And so, well, I, what do I got to do? One of the ways you love people is by serving them. One of the ways you love people is by treating them right. John says, look, if you're not doing that, then you're not living in the light that God has for you to live in. Another way to say it, you're not living in the truth that God has given to you. You're living in disobedience and rebellion. And when you refuse to forgive, when you refuse to love people as God loves people, you are rebelling against what God wants in your life. Too many times the church still today, I guess, does, and even in older days, the church was great at having a list of rules. You can't do this, you can't do this, you can't say this, you can't talk like this, you can't go here, you can't do that, right? A list of rules. The rules don't work. Love does. Okay, we got a question? Yeah. You, uh, Hold on, I need a okay. sound down here, please. Yeah, I think you kind of, what you just said, kind of set up the answer for this question. If we're supposed to provide and protect and promote... How do you love someone that's hurting what you're trying to protect? God wants to protect us, but he he still allows things to happen to us. You see, we think loving people is, I'll envelop them and they won't have any problem. If I love my kids, I'll do everything I can to protect them so they never hurt. They're going to hurt. You love in spite of that and through that. Loving people does not mean you keep them from doing wrong. Loving people means you love them even when they do wrong. And you keep going there. Think that answers it? Okay. 1 Corinthians 13.4 gives us, and you've, I've read this, I can't tell you how many times, the biblical definition of love. Not the world's definition. Here's what Scripture tells us. If you look up in the dictionary, you're not going to get this. Here's what Scripture says about it. Love is patient, kind, not jealous, boastful, proud, rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. Wow. There's no list. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices when the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, It is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. So, John says, look, here's the commandment. It's not new. It's old. You've had it. But yet it is kind of new because Jesus brought it about in a different way. And it's a very simple commandment. You need to love each other. If you love God, you love people. And especially your brothers and sisters in Christ. Okay? I love my family. 
I also got to love people who aren't a part of my family. There's a different kind of love, but love is there, isn't it? And so then he takes it a step farther and he says, look, if you're not doing that, you're not living for God. You're not being the person God has called you to be and wants you to be as his child. You're disobeying, you're rebelling, you're not being the person God wants you to be if you call yourself a Christian. That's pretty strong, isn't it? That's pretty tough. It's difficult, it's hard. And yet it's the heart of Scripture. It's the heart of the gospel. It's the heart of the cross. It's the heart of what God did. It's the heart of who God is. I love you, I will love you no matter what you do. I will keep loving you. No matter how much you go against me, hurt me, I will keep loving you. Now, it says there, don't keep a record of wrong. Aren't you glad God doesn't keep a record of wrongs? Boy, that'd be a long list, wouldn't it? And so, that's what I'm, I'm called to treat people like God wants me to treat people, not like I want to treat them. It's not easy. It's not blind. It can see what's going on, but it keeps loving no matter what. So that's what he says. Okay, here's, here's how you're going to live. You're going to have to live somebody and live life with love. That's what you're called to do as a Christian. And you need to understand if you're not doing that, you're not living in the light. But if you want to live a victorious life, next point, then here's what you have to do. If you want to be, have victory in your life, if you want to be an overcoming Christian, if you want to see the success in life that God wants you to have, then you have to live a certain way. And many times people are not where they need to be with God and are not experiencing the life that God wants them to have for a very simple reason. Oh, they're doing this sin, they're doing this sin, they're doing this sin. Maybe. But the real reason is they're not loving God and loving people. That's the heart of what it is. Verse 12, 1 John chapter 2, I am writing to you who are God's children. So in other words, he's writing to Christians, isn't he? Because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. Boy, that's good news. Our sins have been forgiven because of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to you who are mature in the faith, those of you who have served God for a while, who have grown up, who have become more mature in your walk with God, because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I'm writing to you who are young in the faith, those who have just begun their journey with God, because you've won your battle with the evil one. In other words, you take a step to be victorious out of darkness into light, and you've won a battle. Now, he kind of repeats it. I've written to you who are God's children because you know the Father. There it is again. You know Jesus existed from the beginning. You know the Father. I've written to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. In other words, your understanding of God, who He is, and what He's about will determine your willingness and ability to love God and love people. I've written to you who are young in the faith because you are strong. God's Word lives in your hearts, and you have won your battle with the evil one. 
So he has given them this encouragement that if you will love God and love people, you will be victorious. Now, let's be honest. That's very simple, isn't it? Anyone in this room can understand that, right? It's not complicated. There isn't a whole list of things I have to do here, and I can't remember them all, but I know I broke some, but I just don't know what they are, and I don't know what I and I wish I had that list. I need to put it and laminate it so I keep it with me and everything. It's a very simple thing. The gospel is not difficult. We complicate it because of our stubbornness and our rebellion. It's simply this. God existed from the beginning in the Godhead. Jesus Christ came and died for our sins because God loved us. And we are to respond to His love by loving Him back. And we do that by loving others. That's it. If you do that, you will keep all the commandments. Our sins are forgiven. We know what God has done. Notice what he said there, though. We've overcome our enemy. You see, Satan doesn't understand love. Satan doesn't love people. He hates them. And he does everything to cause people to be like him. You should hate other people. But as you grow in your knowledge of God and his son, you have strength because God's Word lives in your heart. His Spirit resides within you, giving you the power to do what you need to do. And we have a life that is filled with love of God and love with others. That is a victorious life. And so, it's a very simple message, but a very difficult one to keep. Live a life of love. Well, I love God. Not enough. Not enough. You have to love people. All people. Not just some. All. Well, I love other Christians. All people. And if you don't do that, you're not living in the light. Come to the light. Light reveals the darkness. Come to it. Live in it. Ask God to help you do that. And if you do that, you have life. Life comes from love. You could say love is life. And so the question for each one of us is a very simple one. Are we living that life for God? Or are we, well, I, I, you know, there's just some people I have trouble with. Welcome to everybody's world. Well, there's just some people I can't. As far as it's possible with you, you live at peace. There will be other people who will not live peaceably with you. But don't let you be the one that's not doing the peaceable. Live that life so that you can live in the light that God has as He directs your steps and that leads you to a victorious life now. Simple, hard, complex. But God's out front with it, isn't He? This is how you do it, and this is what you do. So we'll take a moment. Each one of us kind of ask ourselves, God, am I loving people like you want me to? Am I loving everybody like you want me to? Am I doing this? Am I being honest with myself and with you? I want to live in the light. 
I don't want to cause anybody to stumble. I want to have the life that you offer to me that can only be received when I love others the way you do and live in the honesty that your light brings into my life. So would you just take a moment just before I conclude in prayer, and God, here I am. Help me. Take care of me. Show me. Lord, we're very well aware that as we do this, that the enemy will do everything he can to bring people into our lives that we have trouble with. And Lord, rather than us trying to confront them, convict them, be God to them, help us just to love them, just as you love us. So Lord, we want to be like you. And you love all people, all the time, no matter what. Thank you for the clarity that you give to us. Thank you for the help that we have through your Spirit that gives us the strength and the desire that we need. Help us to live that life in a world filled with darkness. Let us live in the light we pray. In thy name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.